Welcome aboard. I am John Schofield. Welcome to Sing Second Sports. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Ward Carroll, Class of 82, and our special guest, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. Um, yeah, so what's going on this week? There was, uh, there was a debate on TV. It seemed to be somewhat of a big deal. I'm not really sure. But, oh, yeah, it's Air Force week. So uh, we are playing Air Force Saturday, 6 p.m. Um, you know, obviously a very important game in the history of the academies, but also for the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, which has been a much talked about thing. So let's just get right to it. Wags, the really big story leading up to this week um, about Air Force was whether they were going to play. And now we found out that the Mountain West actually has a schedule. Uh, I'll let you get more into detail on that. But um, the other big story was you know, about all the turnbacks. So who do we expect to be suited up for Air Force, and what do you expect to happen in this game? Well, obviously, the big deal about uh, Air Force players leaving school was the reason is because they didn't think there was going to be a Mountain West Conference football season. Um, in fact, I don't think Troy Calhoun wanted to play Army or Navy during this fall semester either. But either way, Air Force's coaching staff allowed – upwards of 40 players to leave school for the semester so they could preserve a year of eligibility and air force issued a depth chart on monday and it turns out that the defensive side of the ball was hit very hard by these turnbacks uh five starters including some of their best players uh josh jackson a defensive end uh lakota wills a linebacker several other players but the defensive side of the ball for Air Force has been greatly decimated by these turnbacks. Now, offensively, it looks like they've pretty much got the the starting unit there, the, the top offensive linemen, uh, some of the key skill position players like Caden Remsburg, the outstanding slot back, the starting fullback, uh, they're there. So there, there was one wide receiver, Cormier, who is uh, doing a turnback. He might be their best wide receiver. That's the primary loss on the offensive side of the ball. But it obviously leads you to question, you know, what's, what's this game going to look like? Uh, you know, uh, Brent Brigham, the Colorado Springs Gazette reporter who covers Air Force, was referring to the defense as a JV. And if you go and look, there's a significant number of sophomores and freshmen on the Air Force depth chart on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, if Navy – blows out Air Force 40 to nothing in this game, you can bet that Air Force is not even going to acknowledge that this was really a season and that this was a really a Commander-in-Chief's Trophy series. They're just going to say, well, we didn't even have our best team. We were playing a scrimmage. Um, so, you know, as I wrote in my column a week ago, I think no matter how you slice it, this uh, Commander-in-Chief's Trophy series is going to have an asterisk next to it. Yeah, without question. So, Wags, um, you know, in, in your opinion, uh, you know, should this game even be played? You know, with all the back and forth about the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, I mean, I know where we all stand, and I know where the mids stand, and I certainly think I know where the cadets stand. They all want a football game to be played, but, you know, I'll keep coming back to a theme that I've been hitting on 
you know, if, if there are all sorts of, of asterisks out there marking this college football season, is this a game that, that really needs to be played, a trip to Colorado Springs that needs to be made? Um, you know, that's a really good question, John. I don't like the circumstances at all. I mean, it's, Air Force is playing its first game on in the first week of October. They haven't played a single game yet. So right there, that's not natural, not normal, that Air Force is opening with Navy. And, you know, obviously you can spin this either way. Navy has an advantage because they've had two games under their belt. And you saw how much Navy improved in its second game after getting some live football experience. And Air Force is going to be playing its first game, and you're going to have, without question, there's going to be, you know, issues that evolve in your first game. That's just what happens. Normally, these teams are playing someone, a soft schedule, like, you know, Air Force would be playing Nickel State or somebody in their opener to kind of warm up. Navy was supposed to play Lafayette originally. So, you know, it's just, it's not, I don't like the circumstances at all. And, uh, you know, but I, I, you know, I guess if Air Force is has their football team together and is ready to play, then what the heck, go ahead and play. But, you know, th- this will not be remembered as any, any kind of normal Commander-in-Chief's Trophy series for sure. That's for sure. So uh, before we get to our first guest, uh, Ward, kind of interested in your perspective here. Um, you know, where, where do you see this game? Um, you know, it, it's, it's sort of, <laughs> from our perspectives as fans, it's it's sort of a like a, a brand new thing. Like you have no idea what you're going to see. Like who's going to be out there on defense? Are we going to score fifty points on a bunch of third stringers? You know, it's the it's the great unknowns about sports right now that that sort of bring us back. So what what do you expect to see Saturday at six p.m.? Well, first off, in terms of the attitude towards the season, you know, we've said many times on the show that there's an asterisk on the whole thing. So I think that's a given. Um. And what we saw with the BYU game is one team showed up sort of forward leaning, the other team was overly cautious. So allowing that Air Force is going to be decimated, um, I believe that we'll see, uh, you know, depending on which Navy defense shows up, we'll see a blowout. Um, now, break, break. And I've commented about <clears throat> the, the turn back circumstance before. So I, I don't know what the accession goals are, and I forget what the mission of a service academy is, but if Big Blue can afford to not have 40x accessions at the end of a year, then I'm thinking that uh, there's too many people walking in the front door of Colorado Springs. So that, to me, is the most galling part of this whole thing. And that's almost separate to is Mountain Wells playing and so forth and so on. You know, we do onesies and twosies. Uh, on occasion, but to have 40 guys at one time just say, I'm going to add another year to my matriculation as a cadet, to me is just amazing uh, to be polite about it. So um, we'll see what happens in the game. I think the attitude should be the season exists, and so let's give it our all, and let's not put all these caveats and you're playing the JV and dot, dot, dot. Um, just go and decimate and, and, and move on to the next one. And, and then at the end of the year, whoever is awarded the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, um, just like the Stanley Cup was just awarded, and you don't see Tampa Bay going, oh, my God, the season had a big asterisk on it. They won the Stanley Cup, you know. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau won the U.S. Open. 
Um, and, and so let's just press and show up ready and, 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 and uh, execute. I agree. And I, I know that Ward has already started wearing his Bryson DeChambeau Puma, like old school Payne Stewart hats out there on the golf course. He looks ravishing in them as always. Um, so let's like turn and pivot and go right into getting a perspective from someone who's played between the lines, particularly in Air Force games. Uh, and we are very happy to be joined in our alumni segment by Eric Catani. Eric Catani uh, graduated from the Naval Academy in 2009. He played on the football team all four years, didn't see a lot of action as a freshman, but by the time he was a senior, he was the starting fullback and basically the name of uh, Navy football at the time. As a senior, he rushed for almost 1,000 yards, 982, I guess, you know, message to Garcia, couldn't get those last 18 yards, BZ, tell your squad leader. But over the course of the entirety of his career, uh, certainly marked himself as um, as someone to be remembered and as you know a, a great upstanding member of the Navy Football Brotherhood. So without any further ado, very happy to be joined by Eric Katani. Thank you for being on Sing Second Sports. How are you? Good. Thanks, John. That was, that was, a, that was a great vibe. I appreciate it. And it's, it's also amazing seeing Bill Wagner. How you doing, Bill? Good to see you, my friend. You're looking sharp, man. You're looking uh, really intelligent with that those glasses. Very yeah, sharp. That's why, a, that's why it's a podcast. <laughs> oh, he's he's a uh, he's a PAO wag. So uh, you know those those compliments certainly apply to Cervello and myself as well. So so Absolutely. Eric, I sort of I sort of talked about it uh, when you graduated. You were an unsigned free agent or an undrafted free agent with the Patriots. He kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, you know, got, got some run with the Washington Redskins. Um, so what, what are you doing now? What does your Navy career look like? And what does your personal career look like? Um, you know, now that, now that you've been gone for over 10 years now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great. I'm actually out of the Navy now, hundred percent out. I got out January 1st, uh, I was in the reserves for a while, did the PAO thing. You know, the, the good old Dinfos, War, Dinfos warrior, as you know, sir. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Slices ever. You know, learn the messaging, the talking points, which uh, I think last night, the debate, they could have used that a little more. You know, stay on the points, stay on the topics. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It was an interesting night to watch last night. But um, currently, right now, um, I'm back where I grew up, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, right outside, uh, working for a couple businesses myself. I started um, one called Meek Solutions. We do government contracting, handle uh, wide special assets, the military, governments, DOD. Right now, we're actually supplying a lot of crucial uh, PPE to Veteran Affairs, State Department, universities, kind of everybody. And also another business called PaintTrue, uh, which we have around 1,000 artists that if you upload an image to our website, uh, we have classically trained artists that will make your picture hand-painted museum quality around three or four weeks. So we're doing that. I've been busy with that, especially now with holiday season come here. Uh, we've been you know, getting paintings in every day. But uh, more importantly, I'm excited to talk about Air Force football which, uh, you know, that, that's what everybody wants to figure out. And what, you know, with their first game, as Bill alludes to, I got hopped on early. You know, this is, this is a really strange time. Like you said, like we're supposed to start with, you know, a, a small, you know, as we call them cupcake games. You know, when I played, it was, I think it was Towson or senior year. Just get used to it. Figure it out. Sean White had about 800 yards rushing that game. You know, I think he had like 18 touchdowns. Um, so we get, get used to that, you know, that, that, that body hardening of what, you know, it takes to get hit by a real person. And, you know, changing now is, is something, uh, this season is completely different. So it's, it's, it's interesting. 
So before I kick it over to Ward, um, Eric, walk us through your Air Force games. Um, so you didn't really get a lot of run in 05, um, but 06, 07, 08, you were certainly an integral part of the offense. What do you remember about three, those three games? Uh, what was your record in those three games? And what was your most memorable, uh, you know, what was, what was the most memorable of all of those games or the most memorable experience? Yeah, I uh, never lost, of course, you know, back you know, back when I played, we never lost Army or Air Force. It was kind of, you know, what we did. Um, my most memorable experience, I was thinking about that before I got on the call, was actually up at Air Force. And during warm-ups, I'm like, why am I so tired? Why is it just so hard? Why, why are my legs heavy? Why is it hard to, you know, push through, which is, you know, normally a uh, warm-up, I'm fine, ready to go, first quarter, bang, bang, bang. First quarter hit, I'm like, how I'm tired altitude altitude is, is a shock i don't care how good in shape you are ready to go you are you know there you're up in the altitude you're working away and my most memorable experience is actually jumping which i got yelled at for making the fourth down conversion jumping over the pile and and making that and coach neiman yelled at me afterwards but he's like I, i'm mad at you but you made the first down we're good to go i appreciate that so it's it just a it's a hard-fought game it, it really is and then I'm friends with uh, Chad Hall, which is you know Air Force, one of the Air Force legends there as well, and and Connor Dietz. I'm friends with them now, and we always talk about you know who's me better team. And right now with this season, this is our first game. No one knows. Is, is Bill? I Bill. Do you even know what's going to happen this game? What's going to what's going to transpire? No, Eric. I mean, it's, uh, I expect Air Force to look decent on offense just because they have most of their uh, returning starters and 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 who they expected to have, but the defense is a complete wild card. I mean, you've got basically their four of their five, four of their best defenders are not playing in this game. So those are linchpin guys that you rely on to lead the unit, and they're not there. And it's just there's no way. And then you, and the depth, just their depth chart is loaded with sophomores and freshmen on defense. And that's rolling with a pretty young group on the defensive side of the ball. So if Navy doesn't go crazy on offense in this game, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Eric, good to see you. Um, we hey, had lunch together, I, was it 2011 or 2012, um, at the, the kickoff, the, the Redskins kickoff thing there at the Gaylord. Yeah, um, yeah, I was in my was whites. That, you were in your whites, right? Yeah. And so I remember <laughs> that you got, the, I remember the that yeah. you got the citizenship award from Dan yeah. Snyder. And yeah. they cut you the next day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, appreciate your your, your attention, detail. And same thing yeah. with with you uh, to the red eighty-two yards, which showed me just how heartless the business is. Oh, they right? don't care at all. Yeah, um, they don't care at all. Um, it just yeah. the dance center did that with a straight face. Oh, uh, was yeah, amazing hey. to me. Hey, um, you know. I, I thought I was going to get cut every day with the Patriots, too. I walk in there, and I, I see Bears Nigerian's office and Bill Belichick's office right there. I walk past, my head down, just kind of screwing by, hoping I don't get cut. They happen three times, so I'm used to it now. So Yeah, it's part of the business, no doubt. Um, so if you were on the team right now, um, what do you think you would have to dig deep for in order to have a, a, the right attitude against all of the variables that we're talking about? Uh, and as a member of the Brotherhood, if you could talk to the guy, those guys, and maybe you are in, in college with some of them, what would your advice be as the uh, quote-unquote gray beard? That's a good question. Um, you know, the thing with the Nail Academy that I would 
always transpire people ask questions of like why did you choose this what did you learn how do you you know translate your experience in the academy and also the navy to the civilian world and it's your time management but it's the consistency that you're doing day in day out and especially with coach neiman he is one of the best coaches that says hey we're doing this and we're gonna do this well so the triple option is discipline as always so these guys especially the, the b-backs a-backs quarterback center if you're in coordination with each other and you four are working or five working really really well you, it's, it's hard to stop. It's hard to stop the triple option. It really is. So right now with, with these guys and the consistency of you know, what's in there, just take things with them. It's not even day by day. It's hour by hour. Because things just – it's so fluid and things shift all the time. Eric, as we're wrapping up, um, you know, you had a great game against Army your junior year, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, you had several, several memorable games uh, throughout your career. What stands out to you? Um, as your favorite memory, um, uh, being a part of the brotherhood. And then, you know, the question we ask everyone, how did the physical mission or how did the requirements of athletics, whether it's varsity to club to intramural, how did the, how did the rigors of the physical mission really prepare you for success in the civilian community? So for the first question, best memory ever, hands down, Notre Dame game, you know, that that's iconic and, you know, just the, momentum and the magnitude of just you know every year it's we gotta be Notre Dame gotta be Notre Dame you know and then this year you know they're, they're struggling a little bit Charlie Weiss and having some issues and everything else and we came in the game hot our offense is clicking defense is playing really well and you know went off that game I was hey this is the game that you know if you do want to you know play in the pros or this this is division one team this is national advice time to work time to go to work so when that game fortunate enough I think I was the MVP of the game did really well and then after that, it just kept going, snowball. We had a great season that year, and we had a good time. But for your next question, for the rigors of the academy that are physical, <laughs> the academy puts such a high bar of physical excellence for the PRT, the physical readiness test of running in 10 and a half minutes. That is so hard to do. I remember training for my combine, and like – Pro day didn't happen because someone didn't come. So we, I ran my PRT actually my the day of my pro day. And I even I failed. I ran like a 1036. And I was in like NFL shape. All this different, you know, uh, you know, accolades to do. But the academy makes you run that PRT, push-ups, max out, you know, 101, 101. So when you go, when you go to the fleet, the standards drop a little bit. So you're you're ready to go. And you know, when you're a leader in charge of those people and you're in the best shape possible, you carry that and say, hey guys, like if I'm doing this. I'm 28, 28 years old. You have to do this as well. You're 23 years old. You get to stay with me, push up, set ups, and everything else. So I always push my guys that way uh, over the years, and you know, it carried a lot of uh, respect after a while. I love it. Well, hey, Eric, I know that uh, that you'll be with us. Um, you know, if not actually, then then virtually as we celebrate the uh, Air Force game and some sort of a watch party, which we will put out uh, later on this week on our social media. It'll either be something on Instagram Live or. Um, the very entertaining tweets between uh, Wags, myself, and um, Ward. Yeah, Ward, Ward, I promise, will use the word alchemy in one of his tweets. That's one of my, uh, one of my promises. But, um, it's a good word. But, hey, thank word. you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Of course. Appreciate I, it. I'm, a, I'm a Villanovan. I, I appreciate a good uh, vocabulary. But, Eric, good luck to you. Thank you for joining Sing Second Sports and Beat Air Force. Thanks, Peter Force. Hey, Eric, before you go, um, do you have a pick? You, you, you want to make – obviously, you're going to pick Navy, but uh, you, you have an idea points-wise? 35-7 Navy. 
like yes. it. I like it. As Bill alluded to, we, we better run them. We better run them over. It's it's a staple game. We have to. See you guys. Oh. Appreciate it. Thanks, What's Eric. Up? Be well. Thanks, Come Eric. See us. Let's 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 play Navy. Absolutely. You know, let's continue to talk about football. Um, you know, as we lead up to Air Force Week, and you know, speaking of college football and some pretty cool things that happened last week. Uh, there was a small game uh, between Kansas State and Oklahoma, a game that Kansas State won, beating the fighting Lincoln Rileys and their endless string of awesome quarterbacks with awesome names. Um, but leading that charge, other than Coach Kleeman, the athletic director of Kansas State is Gene Taylor. Uh, Gene Taylor uh, came to Kansas State in 2017 uh, after several uh, very successful stops along the way, including North Dakota State. Uh, but also uh, was one of the assistant ADs at Navy from 1986 until uh, the very early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. So we are very, very happy to be joined by Gene Taylor from his busy um, day uh, in Manhattan, Kansas, with uh, Kansas State. Uh, uh, Gene, very, thank you very much for joining Sync Second Sports. How are you? That's good. Thanks for uh, having me on. Good to see you. Wags, good to see you. So uh, it's good to be here. It was, uh, it was a fun weekend last weekend. I bet. Uh, I'll ask the first question before I turn it over to Wags. Um, you know, from your perspective, and I know that we'll get into the Kansas State-Oklahoma uh, game here in a minute, but from your perspective, how valuable was your time um, at Navy, you know, as you were um, trying to get established, or you were really already established as an administrator, you know, with athletics? But, you know, what was that time like for you? We've seen a lot of stories, many of them written by WAGS about the close relationships you formed while you were here with Emmett and with everyone else. Just what was that time like? And, and you know, what made it so special in Annapolis? John, it was really transformational, both professionally and personally. Like you said, some of my best friends. We, you know, the cool thing when I was there, we were all young and just starting our careers as assistants. I mean, I was assistant ticket manager. Emma was assistant coach, you know, Phil Hoffman. We obviously love Phil. You know, he was just so different and so unique. And we, we hung out together quite a bit. Um, we grew up, we all eventually got married and started having kids and we've stayed close since then. And, and then obviously the, you know, the transformation from, you know, Captain Coppage and, you know, I worked for Bill Gant, who was there, you know, from the time he was, he was there for, you know, he finally retired when he was 85 years old. And we transformed into kind of the new wave with computers. And, you know, and Jack came in and really kind of took me under his wing and said, hey, we're, we're going to make you an AD someday. So, you know, there was a, was a lot of, we you know, we didn't have a lot of success in football, but when we finally did, it was so much more enjoyable. Basketball had some great runs, uh, really great coaches, you know, the Coach Duffs of the world, and obviously, it just had a. It was just very transformational, and I I love my time in Annapolis. Obviously, it's. I tell my friends, I said I moved from looking out over the Chesapeake Bay to a parking lot in Fargo, North Dakota, but uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I'll cherish it for many many years. That's for sure. Well, Gene Taylor is one of the best, and uh, you know, I did a long story about Gene when. Navy played Kansas State in the bowl game. That was one of the obvious angles that a former longtime assistant athletic director at Navy is the athletic director at Kansas State. Um, and Gene is being modded. He did everything at Navy. He, he held numerous jobs. And, and the fact that he was, uh, it had his hand in so many different elements of the athletic department, I think, has served him well as an athletic director. 
Um, and we didn't mention that his first job as an athletic director was at North Dakota State, which Gene turned into an absolute powerhouse of, of FCS football. And so North Dakota State is just you know legendary with their success. How many national championships did you all win during your time at uh, North Dakota State? We won, we won three. Um, and then I left, went to Iowa. And I, before I left, Coach Bull went to Wyoming. And I hired Chris Kleiman, and then Chris won four. So <laughs> I think they've won eight out of nine at North Dakota State. It's it's an un- unbelievable run. But it, we had great coaches. You know, I was very fortunate. And, and, and Wags, you're right. I think the, the things I did at the Naval Academy, because I had so many different roles, we were a much smaller operation, uh, bode well for me now. And, and I understand a lot more about the equipment side of business and the ticket folks. And I, I think I just relate to – how hard people work, but it was, it was, again, it was a fun time, but it did, it certainly helped me form, you know, the things I look for that are important as an athletic director, no question. So, you know, I, I saw Gene out there in Memphis. Uh, we were up in the ballroom where the media room was and Gene was up there and we had been able to talk and catch up and, but I didn't get a chance to see you after the game or maybe briefly at the press conference, but I didn't get to talk to you. But were you surprised by that result? Cause I mean, Kansas state was favored and, you know, that was a very good Kansas State team. And I looked at that offensive line and wondered how in the world Navy was going to be able to stand up to that offensive line. And I, I, I don't know. I was a little surprised. I mean, that ranks as one of Navy's greatest victories. They beat Missouri, uh, a Big 12 program, in a bowl game. But beating a Power 5 conference team like Kansas State in a bowl game, that, that's a real feather in the cap for Navy. Well, I wasn't surprised. I mean, obviously, I was disappointed because I wanted to win. But, um, you know, I think with that quarterback, he was he was so special and such a special athlete. I actually sought him out after the game and grabbed his shoulders and said, young man, I was very enjoyable watching you play. He's a tough kid. And But, you know, when they went for the fake on the one play and when that kid was wide open, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm literally screaming, they're going to fake this. Knowing Kenny Niamatololo, I knew they were going to fake it. I knew exactly what they were going to do. I'm yelling at it from the sidelines. I, Chris knew about it. Chris told – he was yelling at our defense, they're going to fake it, they're going to fake it, and the kid bit. And, but that's Kenny, and I think that's just the kind of uh, football they play. And it's been – you know, I, I root for him every weekend. And so it was a bittersweet win for uh, – loss for us, but it was great to see so many wonderful – my friends. and. You know, great to see Kenny. Kenny came in the night before. We had the thing at the basketball tournament, came in and saw the family and, you know, Casey. And it was it was just a – I enjoyed the game a lot more than I typically would a loss uh, that particular night. Well, um, obviously, uh, Chuck Gladchuck has been an amazing athletic director. In fact, you know, the United States Naval Academy has been pretty fortunate. Captain Coppage, Jack Lengel, now Chuck Gladchuck. But I can tell you that when Chet retires, if Navy doesn't do everything possible to get this man as the next athletic director, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be writing a column in the Capitol saying it's an outrage. Um, but uh, Kansas State, I, I just tell us your thoughts on being there. I know we, we had the conversation. You love it. You got a great coach in Chris Kleiman. Obviously, what you did against Oklahoma shows where the trajectory at Kansas State football is on the way up. and. We talked when we did the story, a lot of things happened at Kansas State, a lot of projects. You've already done improvements across the board in various facilities. Just kind of tell us how things are happening at Kansas State. 
Well, you know, it, it feels a lot like North Dakota State. It, it, it certainly, you know, both of them are land-grant institutions. Uh, the whole state kind of buys into, you know, either K-State or Kansas, uh, hopefully more Kansas, Kansas State. But, um, you know, we've got great donors. We've got great coaches. Our, our young men and women, they come here, you know, they are, certainly many of them have the ability to play at the next level, but they come here because they, they love K-State. Um, as you mentioned, we've been able to do some projects. We redid our baseball facility and we built a new soccer facility to the tune of about 25 million. I look out this way because that's where our South End Zone project is being built. That's a $50 million project will be done next year. And in these difficult times that everybody's having financially, you know, they're still supporting us. Uh, so it's, we love it here. It, it feels uh, very comfortable. My daughter now works here, Casey. Um, she obviously spent some time at the Academy for a couple of summers. She's in the athletic department. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, we, we got a lot of good things going on. And even in this time of craziness, now, I don't know if you can look back behind me, but that picture is the, uh, Naval Academy stadium. So I have kind of my history behind me and I've got to fly over the blue angels here somewhere as well. So, uh, still tied to, still tied to the Naval Academy. No question. Last thing for me, I'll, uh, John, you and, Gene are like in-laws because he's married to a Schofield. <laughs> he's married to Mike Schofield's sister. And uh, I don't know, how, yep. do you, how do you put up with Mike Schofield? He can be, he can be tough sometimes. He, he, I bet you he's always uh, jabbing you, huh? Well, there were times when uh, Mike was uh, – I, I had certain sports at the Naval Academy. Over, you know, Jack kind of gave us all duties. And I didn't have water polo but I had summer camps and Mike would come in sometimes during the summer and be upset because certain things were happening. And sometimes it would carry over at home and good news. My wife could tell Mike to go pound sand and she would. And so if you want to talk about work, do it at work. Don't do it at my house. And so <laughs> Mike and I were great friends. We lived together before I married Kathy he and I were roommates. So, um, but we're not, you're not related, right? You, that's spelled the same, right, John, but you're not, there's no relation is there? I don't think, but. It was fun. I mean, Mike's a great guy. He's, he was, I tell you what, he was intense. Man, that guy could, he was an intense coach, no question. Hey, hey Gene, it's uh, Ward. We, we overlapped towards the end of the, uh, the uh, 90s into the aughts. I was on the faculty there, my last tour on active duty, um, the Weatherby years. Um, okay. And, and uh, so, as you said, this is a special season uh it's always the sort of subtext of everything we're talking about on the show is is the COVID-19 environment obviously you're able to put a good product on the field in terms of the football team um what would you say were the right decisions you made say starting late spring into through the summer that have propelled uh the athletic association propelled the university in, in all the right ways against this challenging backdrop you know, I, I think uh, that's a great question. And I think what, what, one of the things we did is we started talking collectively as a conference, as ADs, and, and realized that we weren't going to get through this by an individual. You know, we, we had to make decisions together as a conference and then ultimately as the, the Power Five conferences. We made some you know, great decisions about shutting down recruiting and we made some great decisions about bringing our we created our medical team of medical doctors and athletic trainers to really kind of set the stage of how we were going to do things. And it wasn't like Oklahoma could do something and Kansas State couldn't. We were going to, and the ADs came together. And I thought that was what really, I've been impressed with the ADs um, at, 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 in the Big 12. 
you know, a lot of people think, well, it's all about Oklahoma and Texas. And, you know, that may be from a perception, but in the room, it's all about the Big 12. And the ADs, Joe Castiglione has been around a long time. Um, Chris Conte, the AD of Texas, a good guy. Um, but they cared more about let's move the conference forward. So we made some really good decisions collectively. But even personally, it helped to know that there were other ADs, not only within the Big 12, but I could call Gary Bart at Iowa. Um, and then just really kind of collectively come up with some ideas of how to get through this. And, and so I think we, 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 we got together early and said, hey, what's best for the conference? And we all learned from each other. We all were able to, you know, bounce ideas off one another. And we moved through it together as opposed to, you know, each of us doing something individually. And it, I think it helped. And we made, we made some good decisions. We didn't panic. Uh, we listened to our medical folks. We, we, we made some plans. We had some backup plans, uh, even though a lot of times we didn't have answers. But I think that was probably one of the best things we did is get together collectively on a regular basis. I bet we were, early on we were talking three or four times a week via Zoom. All right. Well, hey, Gene, thank you so much for making time. You know, we, we all know that the uh, that the schedule of an athletic director is very busy. To answer your question uh, before uh, I lost my connection, uh, we, we do believe that there's a little bit of a, uh, a relation there. Um, we haven't been able to prove it because I'm just much too athletic uh, compared <laughs> to Mike and Jim and the rest of that side of the family. But, uh, but yeah, it might be. Actually, the female side is pretty athletic. I will tell you that much. That's where my yeah. son got his athletic ability and my daughter's not for me. That's for sure. <laughs> well, hey, um, sir, thank you so much. I know you and I had just missed each other when, when I came in as a lieutenant in 2000. Um, but, you know, your, your name and your reputation uh, preceded you and, and you've been nothing but great, particularly making time for us on the Sync Second Sports podcast. So thank you again to Gene Taylor and good luck the rest of the way. Uh, go kick butt in the big 12 and, uh, and uh, yeah, and enjoy the rest of the season. Yeah. Same here. Go Navy, beat army, beat air force. And uh, let's get, you know, and, and you know, let's, uh, let's stay in touch. Appreciate it guys. Awesome. Thank you very much. Great to see All you. All right. Gene. Good to see you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Gene Taylor, the athletic director of Kansas state joining us from Manhattan, Kansas. We are going to go to break. Uh, and when we return, we will take this out, uh, get some more predictions for the uh, for the Air Force game and uh, tell you a little bit more about what we're going to do for our pregame party. Um, you should probably know if you don't know already, uh, listen up. You know, the pregame party is usually supplied uh, by Mills Fine Wine and Spirits. Uh, brought to you from downtown Annapolis, run by Jerry and Jen Donahoe, both class of 94 grads. Uh, for your refreshment needs uh, for the Air Force game and beyond, please rely on Mills Fine Wine and Spirits. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll take it out. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at we sing second. That's at we sing second. Now back to the pod. All right, we're back. What an awesome show. Uh, Gene Taylor, uh, one of the finest human beings alive. Um, obviously, you know, so much fun to talk to and, and also great talking to Eric Catani um, about his very, very uh, notorious um, public affairs officer career and his very good um, 
uh, football career at Navy. So here we are taking us out. I'd like to start with my hot take leading up to the Air Force game, and that is say what you will about the turnbacks and all the crap and all of Troy Calhoun's, you know, run around the, um, the rules uh, stuff. But I'll tell you what, the uniforms that they picked for this week are sweet. Um, those gray Tuskegee Airmen uh, uniforms are really cool. You know, Air Force, I think, is signaling that they're trying to join the fray a little bit in what Army and Navy have done uh, for past Army-Navy games, where now the uniform reveal is almost as badass as the game itself. Um, but in this particular case, Air Force really, I thought, did something cool. Whether it was meant to be political or well-timed or not, I think it does stand as a very nice thing um, at a time of great uh, division in this country. Um, I'll, I'll use that as my take. I'll save my... Uh, I'll save my prediction for the very end. Uh, what about you guys? What did you think of the uniforms, and what are you looking forward to most in this game? Love the uniforms. I mean, that's a, that. I think the timing is appropriate with respect to the social justice piece. Um, but obviously, Tuskegee Airmen's history is rich and something very much worth celebrating. So, bravo to uh, the Falcons for for choosing that that scheme. Yeah, well, I agree, first of all. I mean, I think maybe uh, Air Force uh, listened to some of the debate with the Washington football team because Red Tails is one of the uh, ideas bandied about for what the former Washington Redskins could become. I think a lot of people thought that was a great idea, especially considering the Redskins' history with George Preston Marshall being the last owner in the NFL who would not uh, have black players on his team. Um, so I think that uh, the Redskins, and obviously there was so much debate for years and years about the Redskins moniker not being appropriate, so uh, couldn't think of a better way to pivot than to go to Red Tails and honor the Tuskegee Airmen, but it, what a natural for Air Force for sure, and uh, I, I do like the uniforms, and uh, that may be the only thing anyone's talking about because I, I see Air Force having a Navy versus BYU moment uh, I, I really do. I just think they're they're not, you know, football ready. You just can't come right out of the gate and play your arch one of your service academy rivals, and with the turnbacks, they're dismissing too many players. And think about the mentality when the rest of the team knows you pretty much mailed in the C. You basically said, "Hey, we're not playing football this year, so everybody go home." save your eligibility. We'll come, come back in the spring. We're going to play our Mountain West Conference season in the spring. And boy, did Air Force get caught with their, head, their pants down when the Mountain West Conference pivoted and decided, hey, actually, we are going to join the fray and play football in the fall semester. And, you know, you know Air Force is not happy about that because they had made these decisions based on the Mountain West Conference saying they're going to play a spring season. So, I just see this game being a blowout. I agree with uh, Katani, 35-7. It could be 35 nothing. I guess the uh, the Air Force offense does look like it has the front-line players, so maybe they can put a few points on the board. But I'd be bitterly disappointed if I was a Navy fan if the Navy offense doesn't overrun this this young, inexperienced Air Force defense. I want to be the contrarian here uh, that – Navy has played one half uh, of football, uh, of real Navy football. Um, and so uh, I don't believe that there is any 
asterisks in service academy uh, football. I, I just, I, if you know, and in fact, I think it puts more pressure on Navy to uh, to step up and play well. I mean, I, I hope you're right, Bill. I hope you're right, Eric. I hope it's you know thirty to nothing, thirty five to nothing. Something tells me that it it won't be. Um, and, and I think that you know, even if it is uh, a blowout, and and Navy gives the BYU treatment to Air Force, they really have to take advantage of all sixty minutes and and play two complete halves. They've got to execute the triple option much better than, than they did uh, even in that half, uh, the second half against Tulane, um, in, in which it was more of kind of a pickup uh, offense uh, designed for the quarterback. So I, I'd really like to see uh, the the offense work the triple option, and I'd really like to see the defense play better. This is Air Force's uh, frontline offense, um, and so it, I think it'll be a decent test for the defense to be able to build some, some momentum. So for me, this is about – Navy not only winning and stomping Air Force, uh, again, I hope you're right, but it's about building momentum and then, you know, being able to play the rest of uh, the American Conference uh, with with some Navy swagger uh, on its way to hopefully another win uh, against Army. So I'm just not as confident. I can't stand Air Force. I mean, even more than Army, a win against Air Force is always special. Um, and so I just don't want them to be uh, overconfident as they go into this game. All right. Awesome conversation. My pick uh, personally is going to be uh, Navy 24, Air Force 14. I think it'll be low scoring. Um, It might even be lower than that. I think it'll be sloppy. I think the altitude will play a role. I'm with Chris. I have never, ever, ever liked Air Force. Um, No offense to you know, our brothers in arms wearing blue, but, um, yeah, never been a fan. I think, you know, I've always had an affinity for army because of my very short stint there, you know, and obviously I, I, I love the blue and gold. So I, I really hope that it's a bigger blowout, but I think it'll be somewhat close and somewhat low scoring a uh, little word of news. What WAGs have put out, um, the, uh, the next home game or the next game after air Force is against temple it was announced, as we had suspected, that there will be no fans for that game. I believe that that means no midshipmen uh, as well, but we'll, uh, we'll keep our eye on that. But, you know, Alligator closest to the boat is beating Air Force this week. Let's make it happen. We'll come out with more to you on our social media channels about the pregame watch party and also the in-game live tweeting and entertainment. For Chris Cervello, Ward Carroll, uh, Bill Wagner, our special guest, I am John Schofield. Thank you for listening to Sing Second Sports. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.